ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. After summer's worth of mock drafts and looking at depth charts and seeing where obscure free agents have signed, and then after 16 weeks of waiver wires, second-guessing your picks, trying to make trades, watching trades go through that you can't believe, watching players get traded that you wanted, it all came to an end this past Sunday, my friend. The fantasy season for the real fantasy players is officially over. If you're playing Week 17 Championship, you need to get your head examined because of all the players that are not playing that we've seen, that just takes way too much work than the other 16 weeks that we've all put in has done on us already. I know I'm drained. I know my partner's drained. But the good thing is we got four titles between us, my friend. How you doing? I'm exhausted, Scott. <laughs> I, we have four titles. We both won two. I'm just – I'm exhausted. I, my three games are really the poster poster child on why you should not do fantasy football. Okay. The Yahoo League I was in, last word on sport writers, great group. I had it from start to finish. Had a real strong team, had good matchups. Guy was nice enough to tweet me. I think this one's over. It's very nice. Fine. Kareem Hunt, the whole thing. Great. The second one yes, was the yes. Dynasty one, which you know I wanted so bad. And I, this is my first year doing Dynasty. It's a Dynasty startup, Scott. So you get, you draft him, you <laughs> draft him for life. To me and Melvin Gordon. Till next year. Till we part, right? And, and my, my strategy was to draft your Julian Edelmans, draft your Pierre Garçons, and try to go for the title this year. Scott, you know it. I had Tyrod Taylor, Carson Palmer. Tyrod Taylor was benched. Carson Palmer was injured. Scott, this week I played without a quarterback, okay? I spent $100 on Jake Ruddick, okay? This is, what, this is what I'm doing. It ends up, Scott, I didn't play Ben Watson, who you told me to play, two weeks in a row now. Because I was worried about the Saturday night, Ravens are going to blow out the Colts, game script, Watson can be very shaky in those games, goes to Jacksonville. Remember the Jacksonville Scott game in England? Yes, I do. Where he caught the last pass. It was the only ca- – you know, so I thought his floor was low. I went with Travis Benjamin. He got me ne- negative point four. Had I started Ben Watson, Scott, I would have won that one by point six. And then the third one I'm in, the NFL League with the writers as well, I'm losing the whole day. I don't even check. I started the Philly Eagle defense over the Panther defense. I had two good choices. And sure enough, Scott, on that last ret- fumble return for a touchdown, I win on that play <laughs> by, by point four. I won the title 117.06 to 116.6.4. Scott, the gamut of emotions. I'm excited. No, I, I'm with you. Listen, for all those reasons, we're you know, all mentally exhausted. Uh, you know, I was able, listen, b- both of my wins, you know, one of them came down to the wire. Uh, the other one was, uh, I was down big for a while and caught a huge break when uh, Juju Smith Schuster had no one covering him within 20 yards. You had that- texted me. You had texted me. I- I can't believe I'm going to lose all three. And then just like that, Juju. And you know what? I tried my best not to do that. You had a problem with that years ago. You know that I used to jump the gun, but I've cut back on that big time. But I'm just after my opponent gets that Jared Goff to Cooper Cup touchdown late in that Ram game. It really gave him a significant lead. And he had Bell and Boswell going against me. You know, Boswell's kicking field goals all over the place. And Bell is Bell with no Brown. 
And somehow I get, and Juju does nothing for the first half, by the way, absolutely nothing. And then I get 19 points in the second half. And I went into the night game down by a half a point and just needed one catch from Zach Ertz. And he does what he does. He gets me 12. So I win that one in the Yahoo League. And I, ironically enough, I also won the ESPN League I was in by only three points, thanks to that Roethlisberger touchdown pass to Smith-Schuster. And I lost your league jersey pride by five points. And I feel it's because I lost Greg Zerline uh, before the week started. Oh, so I, it's, that's the way I feel, because I picked up Jake no, Elliott. No, no, you're, you're probably right. It's just ridiculous that that has yeah, to happen. When does a kick I know, and, you know, uh, come and on. The guy's he's automatic, and I pick up Jake Elliott in a, in a game where I think it's points, but hands up for the Eagles. And we get one of those many games that we'll probably talk about at some point in the offseason that just made absolutely no sense. Raiders traveling across country on Christmas Day. Expect the Eagles to win by 40 points, and we got 10-10 game in the fourth quarter. It just made absolutely no sense. But it is why – it's one of the many reasons why if you haven't if you haven't done it before and you, you think it's all fun and games, trust me. If you take it as serious as we do and as many of our listeners do, the anguish is there. The anxiety is there. And then once the season's over, you just sit back and like, well, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> but well, Scott, Scott, I'll I'll sum it up like this: a guy I work with, who's in our our, our league, or Jersey Pride League, good friend of mine, sent this text message because I think you did you pick up Capri Bibbs? I picked up Capri Bibbs <laughs> in a defensive. Well, I realized was, I picked up guy. I picked up Capri Capri Bibbs and I dropped. Uh, I forget who it was, but someone I knew I wasn't going to play. So basically, at this point, it's Saturday night. I'm just trying to play any type of defense I can to just keep other players away from other players. So, yes, I picked up Capri Bibbs. I did not play him, but I made sure he was on my roster, not somebody else's. He said basically to me, and he's not making fun of you. He's just laughing because I did the same thing, and I started him in the NFL league. That league that I won by .4, by the way, Antonio Antonio Brown goes to – right? This is why we say it's luck when you win a title. Antonio Brown's out. I mean, I'm rolling the whole year, and I have no Antonio Brown. I have to start Golden Tate. Thank you very much for 14 receiving yards. He sends me – Accruing Capri Bibbs the evening before your Super Bowl is the definition of what fantasy football does to you over the course of a season. It's so true. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely so true. And uh, you know, it is. It, it is what it is, though. It's you're you're at this point where you know you're not going to play the guy, but then you look at your opponent and you just you make moves just to make sure they don't beat you somehow. But yeah, Capri Bibbs is never playing. It was one of those defensive moves, which probably I didn't have to make because my opponent not only had Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and Jordan Howard, so he wasn't playing Capri Bibbs anyway. But I did it anyway, and that's how it went down. But it, and, 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 and like you said, we, we do this. We study this, folks. Picking up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We hope you enjoy what we're doing here. Scott and I are having a great time. All you can do is this. And I sent this out on Twitter. I think you did as well, Scott. I saw it. You get to the fantasy playoffs. you got to go with your gut. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be fantasy Jesus. You're not going to get every one of them right. I can sit here and yell about Ben Watson all offseason. What am I going to do? You know, there's a million moves I made here, a million moves Scott made that worked out. Put Capri Bibbs in. Didn't start Ricky Seals-Jones, who got zero. And most importantly, played the Eagle defense over the Panthers defense. 21 points for the Eagles, 19 for the Panthers. If I don't do that, Scott, I lose. So what are we going to do? I actually went with the Steelers. Can you believe the hypocrisy? Huge hypocrisy. Huge Steeler guy you were. Huge Steeler guy in Week 16. Steeler defense. And you, text, oh. and you texted me, I believe it was 10 nothing. Ten nothing Steelers totally and right. Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue goes about forty yards on a loose run. You're like, can the totally Steeler did. defense step up? And sure enough, Artie Burns with an interception, and we know how that game ended. TJ Yates getting pounded all over the place. And uh, Scott, I felt like I'm sitting there on a game show, and I had to go with my gut. 
And my gut feeling told me take Pittsburgh over New Orleans at the very last second. That's all there was to it. So I got went against my motto, but it worked out. I'm exhausted. And, and I think the worst part about it for this year was we had to stress out the fantasy championship on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I know. Like, uh, kids open. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's Buzz Light, you're flying around. I'm hitting refresh. It's just crazy. It, it's crazy. It really is. But, you know, it's been, it was an unbelievable season. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, and a ton of busts that we can discuss, you know, when we return after the Super Bowl with the offseason edition. All right. Let's hit it. News and notes. All right, Scott, news and notes here. We're going to go big picture, maybe off-season going into next season. Because, again, as Scott said earlier, folks, I was in a league once with my brother-in-law. We both got to the finals. It was a Week 17 league. He, of course, ran the league, Scott, my brother-in-law. What am I going to do? <laughs> and, like, I ended up losing, and, like, half our players didn't play. So, if you do – I would rather have a root canal without Novocaine or possibly a colonoscopy <laughs> instead of having a fantasy title. Yeah, it's crazy. Just, uh, no point. And I see – and I see so many tweets on Twitter too. There's there is a ton of people playing title games in week seventeen. No, it's just it's insane. It's like don't no, it's look. I don't mind coming to me for advice, but if you're coming to me for advice in this week seventeen fantasy championship game, yeah, the advice might might not be what you're looking for because the the options gonna be thin. So we'll go big picture stu- uh, stuff here, Scott. And I I've done a 180 on this. I was gonna come on here and blast the Steelers about getting rid of James Harrison. But from what I'm gathering now, like James Harrison snoring in meetings when Joey Porter's running a meeting, yep. and it seems like he wanted his 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 wanted to get out of there. I my frustration initially, my knee jerk reaction, then you probably have more inside information than I do, is how do you let a pass rusher, even if he hasn't been playing well, how do you release him and go to the Patriots, who you're probably going to play, who need a pass rusher? But yeah. it sounds like Scott he's been navigating his way out of here for a while. Yeah, I mean he's been trying to get out since week one apparently. Um, Listen, I mean, James Harrison is the all-time sack leader for the Steelers. He's been nothing but an all-world player for them. He started off as a practice practice squad guy, special teamer, was cut multiple times and turned into the player he is. I mean, if you look at the guy on Instagram and his videos, he's in unbelievable shape for a guy that's 39 years old. But I think, you know, maybe, maybe the players didn't expect the emergence of a guy like T.J. Watt. You know, Bud Dupree has stepped up, and it just it, it, it took away the playing time. For for Harrison, but yeah, I mean, this has been all year. I mean, it's, if you watch an Instagram video he put up maybe about three weeks ago, lifting weights, he's calling out the organization for quote keeping this on the bench because he's pointing at his abs and you know and all this stuff, and it's been festering for a long time. You know, he I think he asked for his release three times at least, like you said, the reports of you know snoring through meetings and so forth, and. um you know, Scott, I occasionally snore through this podcast. Did you know that? I just tried to keep uh, you, Mike, you Mike Francesa me while I'm giving updates? Is that what you're doing to me? That's no good. Uh, His picks were terrible. I heard him on the Bill Simmons podcast. Gosh, you, we, we got to go to our picks in the fourth quarter. I could have put you away this week. Why am I listening to Francesa? Yeah, that's a that's a tough sign. You hate Francesa. You're not Ray, a Francesa guy at all. Ray, Ray, does not, Ray does not even going to get off the bus. If and I, not even and I, listen, the bus. I listen to Craig Carton. Well, Crabtree didn't get off the bus. Thank you very much. I listen to Craig Carton's <laughs> podcast. You know, the uh, he used to be on that Boomer and Carton show, and he did a whole hour on Francesa, very interesting. Listen to us today, um, but you know, him and they, him and Francesa don't get along. But as far as the Steelers go and Harrison, it's not surprising. And I think as soon as we found out he was released, I think everybody and their mother, their uncle, their cousins knew the one team that was going to go after him. It makes sense because they do it every year. They always do this. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make in this team. He's going to play. He's not going to be playing 50, 60 snaps. And all the Steelers fans that were concerned about giving out information. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Maybe it shows that the, the Patriots are a little concerned. I mean, look, they should have lost to the Steelers. We know they lost the game to the Steelers. They didn't, but they should have. 
And maybe they're a little bit concerned that Pittsburgh goes in there. It's a different team, different year. Who, who knows? And they're trying to get whatever information they can get. But it's been festering for a while. Um, yeah, he's gone. And obviously the players are, the players are not uh, too happy with uh, him putting it on the organization. And Marquise Pouncey came out. Bud Dupree's coming out. If you listen, these guys are not happy with the way he tried to portray it as the Steelers that cut him as opposed to him asking for his release multiple times. Well, tis a season for teammates not to like uh, fellow teammates. Eli Apple has got any comments yeah, on this? Yeah, Eli Apple has uh, played his final game as a giant. Um, <laughs> you know what Landon Collins call him a cancer. It's a very yeah, tough word to use, but that's what he called him in the locker room. And apparently uh, he flipped out when he found out he was playing scout team this week, and he's now suspended indefinitely and most likely played a final snap as a New York giant. And who knows where he goes from here? I mean, the guy has some talent. Obviously, he's a top 10 pick, and people think he's got talent. But, you know, you go off like this, and you act like this, and you act like a 14-year-old in a man's game, there's not going to be many teams looking for you next week, not next year knocking on your door to uh, put you on their roster. So, you know, he's got to think about his long-term future, but I can uh, rest assured he's probably done as a New York giant. Scott, very exciting. The one thing that I think is making me interested in Week 17 is the Chiefs are going to start Pat Mahomes, a quarterback, against the Broncos. This is very exciting. He's got a massive arm. Alex Smith, with his NPR he listens to on the way to work every day, not exactly the long-term solution for the Chiefs. But Pat Mahomes is going to be out there slinging it. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, one? I think Pat Mahomes' uh, DraftKings salary is about 4700 so look at about 68% ownership on Pat Mahomes in Week 17, DFS, stuff like that. Listen, it's good to get good to see the kid, see what he can do. Um, makes total sense for Alex Smith not to play and give, give him a rest, as many of these big names are starting to come out that they're not going to be playing this week. But I'd be very interested to see what he can do um, in, in, his first, in his first start meaningless game for the Chiefs, but still, I'm sure they'll let him throw the ball a little bit, see what he can, you know, work with his arm. I'm sure they won't coddle him like, you know, most rookies are since the game is kind of, you know, has no meaning for the Chiefs. So very interested in seeing what he does. And I also thought it was very noticeable and telling about the NFL that they, uh, for the first time in uh, who knows how long, opted to not give us a, a Sunday night game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you week know, I seventeen heard, yeah. because I heard some I heard some comments on that. I I think they were from what I hear they were trying to push the Falcon Carolina game, Scott, to be the Sunday night game. The only issue is that Carolina may not have anything to play for. Yeah, so they don't want a Sunday night game when the game is meaningless. So they put it earlier in the day. That's a big game. Yeah, it's probably the marquee game, right, Atlanta Carolina. Probably. I mean, and you know, I like what the NFL's done the past. I don't want to say what four or five years where they've pretty much made, they've made every Week Seventeen game a division game, with the hopes that they all have meaning. And for the past three, four years, they all have. I think this is the first year in a while where there's really. Not a lot of games that with meaning. I mean, the the AFC, uh, the NFC is all wrapped up except for that you know, one spot. You know, with the Cowboys and the Lions basically eliminating themselves by not winning games they should have won. Took the drama out of the NFC, so now it becomes down to the Seahawks and the Falcons. And the AFC is a little more, you know, some more possibilities. But you know, the Bills will be looking at the Nathan Peterman start as the reason why they don't make the playoffs. And uh, you know, and then you got these. Other do you think they win that game? If Ty- I'm with you, I mean, obviously I'm a Tyrod backer. Don't get me wrong, but do you think they really beat the, the Chargers? Do, out do I that? think they win the game? I can't tell you that for sure. I mean, look, you know, they got the doors blown off, but you can't tell me that there weren't players on that team that are veterans that they were doing decent. I don't know at the time what were they maybe five and three at the time six and three whatever it might have been because we talked about it. 
that are looking to make a playoff run, and you find out you're going to you're going to L.A. and you're starting a rookie for really no reason at all. I mean, somebody's well, there's a there's a dynasty owner in New Jersey who's very yeah, upset about that. So. No, some of these guys got to be demoted. <laughs> like, he, yeah, we talked about it that nauseum, but I yeah, it's just one of those, you look at it. They get they'll, they'll lose the tiebreaker against a team like the Chargers if it ever came down to that, and you know you, you never know what could have happened, but. There's really not much going on in the playoff picture. I mean, most of these seeds are set. The Steelers locked up the, the second bye, and you know we know they'll be the two seed because there's not a shot that in God's green earth the Jets are going to go out and beat the Patriots in Week 17, right? I mean, I I don't see it. So you know the one and two are locked up. The Jaguars get their doors blown off against Jimmy Garoppolo, who's now God in San Francisco, and so they lock up the three. And there's really not much going on in the AFC. So it was very interesting. There is no Sunday nighter. I think it's a good thing though because you know, it's New Year's Eve. Who wants to? You know, who wants to watch a football game on New Year's Eve? That really has no meaning. Yeah, Ravens are mad because the game is was switched to four o'clock. Saw that and Harbaugh was it's really bad. Yeah, Harbaugh's mad. Harbaugh, the Harbaugh family yeah, always, mad. and that's going to affect their crowd. <laughs> They've had about ten thousand less people at a game all season long. Now you t- you move it to four twenty five New Year's Eve. That'd be a tough one. Maybe the Bengals go in and uh, upset the apple cart. Three three things. I'll put two together and then one last one. Scott, talk about your personal preference. You have the Rams who Sean McVay said they're going to rest their starters, and you have my hero, my god, Tom Coughlin, who says through Doug Marone, after they beat the Patriots that year when they played that last game out, if you think the Jacksonville Jaguars arrested their starters, folks, you haven't paid attention. So talk about it. Rams are going to rest. Jaguars are not. What do you think? I, I, you know, I, I like the notion of playing and keeping yourself on a roll. But, you, you know, in the Rams' case – I think a guy like Todd Gurley, if he takes the game off, is not going to miss a beat. I mean, he he he's the MVP in my my opinion. By the way, he, Todd Gurley is the MVP of this league. Not even a question. Uh, you know, Scott. I, it's it, not yeah, even it, a question. So he, the, I think with him, he's fine. And yeah, I guess you don't want to take a chance with golf. I understand the reasoning. You know, I'm a more of a. I prefer the guys to play, even if they don't play the full game. Get him there for a quarter or two, just to keep you know the the energy and you know the momentum and all that stuff going, and then maybe take him out second half. But for me, that would be the route I go. I get what Coughlin's doing, but I also think the Jaguars are going to have well, both teams have a lot to prove. But I mean, when you look at the guys resting, I think Todd Gurley by all all means can rest and be fine. Jared Goff should be able to adjust to it, but uh, you know, my preference would be to play at least play the first half. But I could definitely see the other side of it. You know, and it makes total sense. You don't want to lose anybody to injury in a meaningless game week seventeen. You know, I know I'll be watching the Steelers, making sure I'm. I'm glad Antonio Brown's not playing in this game. So I put it that way. I don't have to worry about him getting hurt, and he can hopefully get back. And I'm sure uh, there'll be a lot of Landry Jones and uh, Stephen Ridley who made an appearance for the Steelers. So there'll be a lot of those guys playing for the Steelers this week as well. And Scott, last topic in the first quarter. I'm glad you brought up injury. Melvin Gordon is optimistic that he'll be able to play Week 17 against the Raiders. Scott, just to remind the folks, the Melvin Gordon bet in PPR leagues versus Jordan Howard. Melvin Gordon, 255 points. Jordan Howard, 186. I have to admit, though, you did have me nervous. Jordan Howard, 1,113 rushing yards. Melvin Gordon, 1,012. The big difference, Scott, uh, Jordan Howard, 4.17 yards per carry. Of course, Melvin, 3.79. But I'm looking forward. We will tweet this out. French toast on you. Absolutely French toast on me. I'm all for it. It's not a problem. I admit. Listen, Howard had a couple games that just made no sense. And Gordon never really had that huge monster game. 
but he just was mediocre. But he you. got the touchdowns <laughs> that he needed, and he got the catches he needed, and so forth. So, and Howard had chances. He had plenty of chances. The San Francisco game comes to mind. The game two weeks ago, uh, I, I, I mean, it was Detroit. Not, that he yeah, like twelve yards. Even last week, he scored two touchdowns <laughs> on like eighteen yards. I mean, he put a Melvin Gordon stat line on last week. And get, it was odd. Yeah, that's not normally so him. It's, normally, it's he not. Pretty but well. you know, it is what it is. I lost that, but but I still like Jordan Howard as a solid. Solid RB next year. Uh, will I take him in the first round? Probably not, but we'll see how that goes because we got a lot to discuss there. In fact, here are your top 12 uh, running backs, Scott, in PPR this year so far. Scott and I close it up here, so I don't care in week 17 if this just changes. But when you asked us who are the top 12 running backs were in PPR this year, here you go, folks. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara was third. Wow. And, and I love your Adam Thielen, Scott, was a great pick, but I think Alvin Kamara beats him. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think so now. I mean, you know, he he, he, he finishes third. Yeah, it'll be Thielen. The, the, vo- the volatile Kareem Hunt is fourth. Melvin Ingram's fifth. Melvin Gordon ends up being sixth ahead of LaShawn McCoy, who's seventh. Go figure that. Christian McCaffrey, eighth. Nice pick. You had a nice trade with him, by the way. Uh, he came on strong here at the end. Leonard Fournette, ninth. Big early uh, start to the year. A touchdown, what, consecutive four or five consecutive games. Uh, then Carlos Hyde, tenth. Do you know – Jordan Howard's twelfth. Do you know who's eleventh, Scott, in PPR this year? You're never going to guess this. PPR back, Marshawn Lynch. AFC, no, no, a, a good, a good one, but no, a, a PPR, AFC, PPR back for a terrible team. Finished ahead of Jordan Howard. Finished eleventh among running backs in PPR fantasy football. Points. So a terrible team that's out of the playoffs is what you're telling me. You can't get much worse than this team, Scott. Duke Johnson. That's it. Duke Johnson. Scott, he had, believe it or not, 68 receptions. Yeah, we, we talked about him early in the year, that being yeah. his value. And very good uh, respect to Duke Johnson, too. His, uh, if you notice, his uh, touchdown celebrations now have strictly become a prayer and a 5 0 uh, to Ryan Shazier the past two weeks. Ah, that's very so, nice. So nicely done, very Duke nice. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said he's not looking for the notoriety on it, but you know what? I'll give it to him anyway. It's well done, classy all the way. All right, here we go. NFC home games. NFC home game, Scott. Let's start off. We'll do a quick summary here. On the Saturday night slate, Vikings 16, Packers 0. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, should he be released or not, Scott? What do you want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Should he be released? We'll see. I doubt the NFL is going to abide by that rule. Uh, listen, I'm just going to kind of point out the guys that you know, maybe stepped up in these games and did not for you when it counted the most. You could relive this and your anguish and your jubilation. Uh, Case Keenum, I don't know. No one was playing Case Keenum. We'll skip. Step to it. Uh, Latavius Murray, 69 yards. A bit of a disappointment there. Does not get in the end zone. Jarek McKinnon at 742. He's a disappointment this week as well. So you put McKinnon and Murray, I put in the bus category in this game. And as do Adam Thielen, 2 for 24. Very disappointing. He was great all season long. But when it counted, he had a couple of week, a week, two or three week games uh, back to back down the stretch here. So when it counted, he didn't step up. So. Thielen owner is definitely disappointed. Stefan Diggs gives you five for sixty, gets the touchdown. So he gives you about, you know, seventeen points in a full point PPR, which is, you know, good enough for Diggs owners, but everybody else, nobody involved. Kyle Rudolph a disappointment and so forth. Brett Hundley was not being played as well. I thought Jamal Williams was going to cost me the ESPN title. I went back and forth between him and C.J. Anderson. Uh, he had five point eight, C.J. Anderson at twenty five. Uh, I wish I would have stuck with my guns and rode C.J. out. But it did not cost me a win by three. I'm sure owners of the Packers receivers were not expecting much going in with Brett Hundley as the quarterback. But I also don't think you expected Michael Clark 
and Lance Kendricks to both get nine targets apiece on fantasy championship week, but that's what you got. Um, so Randall Cobb, nothing. Jordy Nelson, nothing. Uh, Devontae Adams didn't play. We know that. So from a fantasy standpoint and just from a regular NFL standpoint, this game was pretty boring. Um, Vikings won at 16 nothing in Green Bay. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of rumbling from Mike McCarthy's job about, you know, Brett Hundley, how he's so confident in Brett Hundley. And, of course, we know Brett Hundley's coming out moment and moment of the years, you know, tearing up the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in Pittsburgh. And that may have cost me the playoffs in Jersey Pride. Yeah, very possible. But uh, <laughs> other than that, nothing from a fantasy impact here. So you can look at you can look at both Viking running backs, Murray McKinnon, Thielen as duds along with Kyle Rudolph. At Stephon Diggs, okay. And everybody in the Packers were uh, useless for you, unless you had Michael Clark and you were getting points for targets. Everybody else was useless. Jordy Nelson's useless next year, folks. He's going to go as a top 15 wide receiver because people have this Jordy Nelson love, similar to the Stephon Diggs love, similar to the Josh Gordon love. He's done, folks. He can't separate. He can't get open. He's old. He's been a fantastic receiver, but he was touchdown dependent. And then you saw that even when Rodgers comes back. I mean, he's basically going to have like one shot a game. So I will not draft him next year at all. Scott, something I want to sort of revisit here. Of course, we talk about over-unders. We've discussed that throughout the pod. Packers over under was 10. They, of course, are way under. They're seven and eight. Vikings over under ended up being eight and a half. They blew past it, did a fantastic job. One of the biggest ones, 12 and three. So when you look at those over unders, folks, you may want to draft accordingly because certainly there was some value on the Vikings team this year. Stefan Diggs was okay. Adam Thielen was fantastic. Kyle Rudolph, Scott, I think is a top five tight end. He finished up. So over under is something you can think about there with the Vikings and the Packers. Yes, you can. And uh, we can talk about over unders in uh, the next game if you want because we know one team got nothing. <laughs> Cleveland Browns are now 0 15 after a loss in Chicago to the Bears. Who uh, stepped up and who disappointed fantasy-wise? You know, I'm, I'm working on an article, Scott, for Last Word on Sports, sort of a summary recap here. It's, it's an extensive one, as you know I like to do. This is going to be well over 4,000 words. But uh, Deshaun Kaiser actually had, I think, five QB1 weeks this year, Scott. He's going to have like tw- as a QB25. It's really amazing because early on he actually did fairly well and it was a bi week replacement, but it just didn't work out. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's Hugh Jackson. I'm not ready to say Deshaun Kaiser's terrible. I want to see him maybe next year come back and see what he can do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Duke Johnson ended up having seven receptions, 81 yards. Duke doing what he does. Josh Gordon back to earth. Corey Coleman's non existent. David Njoku, you can't go with tight ends. I think he was drafted, I saw when I was doing the article, Scott, tight end 19 beginning of the year. You just can't draft a rookie tight end that high. And you Isaiah love that Crow. guy. That was, that was your guy. I love No, he's a, he's a phenomenal, seeming in person, he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, if he's on the Giants, he would have been all pro this year. But Isaiah Crowell, one of the biggest busts that you're going to see. I talk about it. One of the biggest busts of the year. Isaiah Crowell, Terrell Pryor, you can, Mike Evans, you can go down the list. Just people were drafted him, Scott, as an RB13. His ADP was the 13th running back off the board. Just didn't work out. Jordan Howard, listen, had the two touchdowns, only two point yards per carry, but he normally goes over four, so that's not an issue. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know yet if they had a coach other than John Fox that maybe actually knew what they were doing. John Fox, I think his time has passed. I'm not ready to say that Trubisky is not good at this point, but the only other person I'll talk about is Kendall Wright. People talked about Kendall Wright, you know, being a possible fantasy play this week, and it just didn't work out. Over-unders, the Bears this year were five and a half. So they got a shot. So if you, 
So they got a shot. They're five right now. They got to win this game coming up and they can get the over. The Browns, Scott, were five. So zero is less than five. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Browns didn't get the job done. And a quick note on the Browns, you know, obviously they're going to have the number one pick here. And I know you're a Kaiser guy, but will they draft another quarterback? I wouldn't. I, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not going to go after somebody unless you really, really believe them. I mean, listen, the quarterbacks that have been fantastic so far, look at Russell Wilson, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think, Scott, they have to come from the from the first round there. I would probably go but a different this direction. this is an organization that back-to-back years passed on Carson Wentz and then passed on Deshaun Watson. So I'm just wondering if at yeah. this point they say, well, we can't pass again. Who knows? I'm just well, curious to see how that route goes. Right. The question is, have they identified the Carson Wentz and have they identified those players? Or are they looking at the top guy being Ryan Leaf? Yeah. You know, just you can't pick just to pick. You got to pick. You got to get the pick. No, right. I'm, why, I'm with you. Know. you. I just Sashi just... Brown's not there. Sashi Brown did a fantastic job of it. There's a million picks coming up. I don't know why I got rid of Sashi Brown, but whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Got the picks, just didn't get the quarterback when he had two chances. Big game this past week, one of the most exciting games. Saints-Falcons, of course, and went under Scott because everybody thought it was going to go over. Saints 23, Falcons 13. Atlanta's got way too much talent, man, to be 9-6, and six, and they have to win on Sunday to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I think if they get in, I think they might be one and done, though. There's something not right there. I don't know if it's a hangover from – it's Sarkisian, offensive coordinator, wearing the hat backwards yeah. up in the press yeah. box well, during the game. What is that yeah, about? Yeah. Kicker for Junior? What are you doing? That's a, that's, a, that's a little rough there. I, there's so, oh, something been off about this team all year long. For me, the Falcons, just, yeah, they have, like you said, too much talent, but just not enough production. Hey, Scott, what do you think about this? Kyle Shanahan should be coach of the year. Why? Not only did he did he resurrect with Jimmy Garoppolo of the Niners, but he also destroyed the Falcons. How about that? <laughs> Very true. Very <laughs> Two true. teams, huh? Sorry, Sean McVay. We're going to give it to Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's getting it. I think McVay is going to get it. But, we'll, we'll, you know, Kyle Shanahan makes a valid points for Coach of the Year. Fantasy, Matt Ryan, 288, a touchdown and interception. You know, in this game, I think you might have expect, expected more, at least from the touchdown standpoint. He got the yardage. It's all right. Devontae Freeman, disappointment there. 11 for 36 and only 2 for 20. And that's what happens. Tevin Coleman comes back, cuts in, you know, takes away some free. I'm sorry. Freeman came back and Coleman, and they cut into each other's production. Coleman gets 4 for 40. And the touchdown, Freeman's numbers go down. So you can look at Freeman as a bust this week in the fantasy title game. Uh, Julio Jones at 7 for 149. So, you know, without scoring, it's a pretty solid number. They get you close to 22 points. Mohamed Sanu, very disappointed in Mohamed Sanu. Um, the past couple weeks, I actually wrote him in DFS a couple weeks in a row thinking you know, he, he had opportunities against Tampa and New Orleans and just nowhere to be found when it mattered. And nobody else there really from receiving sample. Austin Hooper, I have to say, very disappointed. Uh, Austin Hooper this year is a tight end. The production just was not there. I know you were big on Hooper going into the season, but his production just not not there, not where it needed to be. Maybe he needed, maybe he needed the year. I, I'm not sure. Or it could have just been that whole – Falcon offense just not clicking on all cylinders at any one point in time this year. Uh, the Saints, Drew Brees, we didn't we didn't get the Drew Brees game. Uh, we have not gotten the Drew Brees game yet. Maybe it's week 17, but we have not gotten it at all this season. 239, one and one. Maybe we won't get it. Uh, maybe the Drew Brees game has passed Drew Brees by. Yeah, but you know what? When he needs to chuck that ball to Ted Ginn on the bomb, he can still do it. I think that's scheme. I don't think I mean, listen, it, it might be, I mean, especially when you got, you know, Ingram and Kamara running the ball 25 times a game. But even their numbers this week, at least from the running back, running standpoint, we're not there. 44 yards for Ingram. He does get the touchdown. Kamara gets 32 yards. Uh, but their involvement in the passing game, especially Kamara, makes up for it. 758 for him. So he was all right. Michael Thomas, four for 66. Michael Thomas, I think, had a very consistent year. I think if Breeze was throwing the ball a little bit more, we might have had bigger numbers from Thomas. But he was good. And Ted Yen Jr. had a solid, what, 
You know, Ted Ginn's got to be what top what twenty four, twenty seven wide receiver. He had to be there. Uh, Ted Ginn this year. He's middle of the season, pretty consistent. Died off a little bit, but then gets a touchdown there. Willie Sneed, uh, you know, injury suspension maybe next year, and that's it. I mean, the game that we expected some points out of. I think the I think the better team won this game. Uh, I think the Falcons are in danger of being a one and done if they do get that last spot. Um, and that's that. They just have not clicked all year long. Maybe it's Shanahan gone, whatever it might be, but that offense has just not clicked. I did a whole page, Scott, on the Falcons. Their team is is fascinating from a fantasy perspective. First of all, Matt Ryan is a massive bust. Do you know he was drafted as the third QB? His ADP, Scott, was 56. I mean, coming off the MVP season, I get it. He's going to finish as a QB 22. Awful job by Matt Ryan. Terrible. Coleman was solid. Freeman wasn't great. I mean, he's drafted as RB4. He finishes RB12. But, Scott, that's still an RB1, right? So it's still top 12 running back. So I don't think it's a huge fall off. At least he's in the ballpark. Julio Jones, wide receiver two, ended up as a wide receiver 10, only because of the yardage. He's third in the NFL in receiving yards. Mohamed Sanu, I'm with you. He's been bad, but he was so good for so long. He was drafted as wide receiver 56, 180.5. He ends up as a wide receiver 31. So he's a wide receiver three, which is not bad for a pick, 180.5. Austin Hooper, tight end 11, he was drafted, tight end 19, he's been awful. Over-unders really quick, Scott. Saints were only an eight for the over-under. They're way over. Falcons need to win their nine and a half. They got to win this game to get over. Yep. So, you know, it's funny how Vegas gets both cities right under them, bro. Denver went to Washington, and the C.J. Anderson explosion continued as he uh, finishes off the year strong. But the Redskins blow the doors off the Broncos here. 27-11 to 11 was the final. And break this down on who stepped up. Outside of CJ. Uh, CJ did a nice job. CJ is sort of like a, a donut. Nothing in the middle, right? He had a great start to the season. Then he was terrible for most <laughs> of the year. Is he glazed or just a plain old fashioned? I'm a chocolate. Chocolate or glazed. Either one. Old fashioned. Who likes old fashioned donuts under the age of 80? Yeah, that's rough. Uh, CJ Anderson, 16 for 188 and a touchdown. Also caught seven balls. Had a fantastic, great game. Great game. Great fantasy game. Devontae Booker, I still think that CJ Anderson will be released. I still believe in Devontae Booker. I think he's cut from the Deion Lewis mold. I think he's cut from the Duke Johnson mold. Scott, those are running backs that dominated in college. Devontae Booker was great at Utah. Dominated in college. And for some reason, they're thought of as like a one-trick pony. Right. They thought like Dion Lewis is like this return guy who can't carry a full load. And then you talk about Duke Johnson. He's not getting the regular touches because they still like Isaiah Crowell and Devontae Booker. It's the same thing. Give him the touches. I think he'll do very, very well. Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders actually didn't play. He was injured. But Scott, do you know? I put this tweet out. Did you see that? Emmanuel Sanders won fantasy relevant week this year. One wide receiver, two or better week. Just abysmal. Washington, go figure. Terrell Pryor's injured, folks. He's one of the biggest busts of the year. It was terrible for him. Ryan Grant, your guy, four for 85. Uh, Crowder with a touchdown. Vernon Davis with a touchdown. That's very nice. Could have used that a couple weeks ago. Josh Dotson. I wonder if his volume is going to go up. I don't know if he's Deshaun Jackson or not. I think he's better than Deshaun Jackson. He probably is. Uh, uh, Who's in the news today, by the way? Well, yeah, who's had some issues. But uh, Kirk Cousins, three touchdown game for him. He's been solid. I wonder where Kirk Cousins is going to be next year, man. That's my question. Kirk Cousins is going to be in Arizona with John Gruden? What do you think, Scott? Ah, That's that's (laughs) possible. He's not going to San Francisco. I can tell you that much. That door is closed. Uh, But, you know, listen, I mean, I don't think they're going to franchise him again because I think if they franchise him, it's like $36 for the season. Uh, It's just insane. So that'll be an interesting thing to see where Kirk Cousins goes uh, in the offseason for sure. Um, Arizona, not a bad spot, though. 
Yeah, win totals were seven and a half for Washington. So Washington has seven right now. Scott, they got to win in order to to get get that over. And the Broncos this year are five and ten. Their win total beginning of the year. It's hilarious. Think back about this. Eight and a half. So they are way way under. Next game we'll go to Carolina and Tampa Bay. Carolina squeaks this one out. I was shocked by this. Almost picked this one in our in our competition. Uh, Panthers twenty two, Bucks nineteen. What happened there? Yeah, this game made no sense too. It's just one of those games that makes no sense. Carolina's at home against an inferior Buck team, and who do we get? We get Jameis Winston drawing for three hundred sixty seven yards and a touchdown in Carolina. He sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. He sucks. I don't care. <laughs> I get he it. sucks. And then you, I was going to run right back at him at the end of the game, fight him. Give me a yeah, break. And then you, Cam Newton gives you what 16 interception. If Cam Newton doesn't have his legs in this game. He's really got a bad stat line championship week. This game just you know made zero sense uh, all the way around. But Carolina squeaks it out and wins it. We talked about Winston. Peyton Barber, 13 for 51. Um, if you started Peyton Barber, that's what you got out of him. You know, I guess we had the Mike Evans game. You know, Scott, he had he had four because I, I I actually went with Bibbs over him. You know, he had like forty yards in the first three minutes. He of the did. Game, yeah, that, it, yeah was it was pretty bad. He had a long of thirty four. So take that away, he puts him at twelve for seventeen the rest of the day. So that's just all you need to know. Um, I guess we had the Mike Evans game six for one hundred and seven. He sucks too. <laughs> oh my god! You know, uh, Chris Godwin got the start um, three for ninety eight on six targets. So Chris Godwin, you look at him next year. It'll be a nice, a nice wide receiver play for next year in that wide receiver two-three bracket. Uh, the tight ends, OJ Howard's not on the board because he didn't play. Cameron Bray three for thirteen. He was brutal as well. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston lost three fumbles here in this game. Yep, yep. I, I do know that. It's um, it was it's just a weird, weird football game. Uh, it's just a very odd game. Yeah, he lost a lot of fumbles. He's a turnover machine, uh, Jameis Winston. I've come to the conclusion that that's what he is. You know, I was a big Winston guy last year. Uh, he's put him in my uh, bold predictions piece last year, and uh, yeah, wouldn't trade him for Rivers in week two. That's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> Rivers is my uh, fantasy winning quarterback, so that worked out that uh, well for me there. Um, Cam Newton one sixteen a pick. He's fifty two yards rushing on fourteen carries. He leads the team in carries. Go figure and a touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey nine for thirty nine and two for nineteen. He had a one of the reasons why I lost your league, he, he had a dud game, only gave me 7.8 points, which is uh, not what I was looking for at home against the Tampa Bay defense, but that's what we got. Uh, Devin Funches, where where was he the past couple of weeks? I mean, you got Brenton Burston getting catches. I mean, Damari Bird, it just... I think he's hurt. I think he's maybe, more hurt. Maybe it is. Home. And, you know, Greg Olson, three for 27. He's, you know, everybody in this game was a disappointment with the exception of the two guys that... We're disappointments all year, and that's Winston and Evans. So that, that I think pretty much breaks down this game. I know Newton got the rushing touchdown, but he's still a disappointment in this game. So, you know, if you had any one of these guys, I had McCaffrey hurt me. I had Funches and DFS hurt me. So that's how that broke down, 22-19. to 19. Panthers had 11 wins. What was their over-under? I'm sure they crushed it, my friend. Both the Bucks and the Panthers were eight and a half, man. So the Panthers went way over. The Bucks went way under. And if they lose to the Saints this week, that could be just as bad as the Browns being five games under where they're supposed to be. So uh, both were eight and a half there. Panthers way over. Bucks way under. Dirk, Dirk Cutter might be looking for work uh, in a couple days. Next one, Jacksonville at San Francisco. Got this right in the picks. I thought Jacksonville after clinching their first uh, postseason vote to be a little flat. The score is 44-33, but this game was not that close. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, do we get him the uh, gold jacket now, or do we wait a little Jimmy while? Jimmy Jesus! Uh, Jimmy Jesus! 
Four wins in a row for Jimmy Jesus. Boy, San Francisco 49ers, and there's a lot of them on Reddit, on Twitter, are fired up. I mean, it's amazing what he does. Everyone's saying he's the real deal. Patriot fans are patting themselves on the back for knowing he was the real You think the, the genius in New England, you think he's a little, maybe a little taken back by this, how, how well uh, this guy's produced in San Francisco? It, it's a... Here's the problem. The problem is they could not franchise him next year. They'd end up paying him and Brady $30 million, Scott. You can't pay oh, $30 million dollars to, back, to him and a backup quarterback. The problem is they held on to him to see if Brady's the real deal. Brady's at least coming back next year. They can't pay him. So they ended up sending him all the way across country, different different conference, all the way so they don't have to see him as much. They had no other but I, option. I, if you, they, if they, you break down the last four weeks, Brady versus Garoppolo, it's not even close. Garoppolo's. Right, but how, <laughs> of course, but I know. I'm just saying. Tom Brady's coming up to see you saying, listen, I'm ready to go for two years. What are you going to do? I, I, it's it's I, I one of those things. They know it, though. I give them credit. They know it. Yeah. This is a bizarre game. Blake Bortles. Is, is this the Blake Bortles we know and love with the garbage time? 382 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Turned the ball over a ton. That's why they gave up so many points to Jaguars because now he's worked in a short field. But Garoppolo ran one in. He threw for two. Had one interception. He's working with no receivers whatsoever. George Kittle came back. I love George Kittle with touchdown. Trent Taylor is going to find a place in this league. Don't forget about him next year in your redraft leagues with uh, with Garoppolo. Keelan Cole is a thing. He is officially a thing, Scott. Six for 108. Allen Robinson coming back, you think? You think they're going to cut ties at Allen Robinson? I mean, seriously. I know. Keelan Cole, Jaden Mickens. Who knows? <laughs> D.D. Westbrook, a lot of talk out of D.D. Westbrook. Listen, you're behind Keelan Cole in the depth chart. Fournette still looks hurt to me, only 2.7 yards per carry out there. But 44, San Francisco 44, Jacksonville 33. You go to the win totals, it's fascinating. Jacksonville six and a half, they crushed it. One of the biggest ones that have been done by far this year. San Francisco is five, Scott. So boy, talk about that. The people who bet the Niners under are sweating it because the win next week by Jimmy G on the road. Let me tell you something. They're going over. If you bet the Niners over or under, you got some serious gambling problems, my friend. That's just the way <laughs> I look at that. It's, it's one thing to bet over unders, but if you're betting the San Francisco 49ers going in, knowing you had CJ Beathard and you had uh well Brian Hoyer earlier, you, you got some issues. Cowboys lose at home, get eliminated from the playoffs. The Seahawks, and this is this game, man, is so indicative of this season. You can't knee jerk reaction. The Rams go into Seattle on the road, destroy them, crush Seattle, kill them. Zeke Elliott's back. Cowboys are going to roll. Not so fast, my friends. 21 to 12 Seahawks over Cowboys. Russell Wilson threw for 93 yards in this game, by the way. 93. <laughs> Two touchdowns. By the way, you know they have, they have more penalty yards than they had off Yeah, in, insane. Another one of these games that you just look, you look at you and you, you just get it. The Cowboys at home in a game and you got to win to stay alive in a playoff hunt. And, you know, you get at next the, year. Next year, man, remind me of this. Next year, we should say to ourselves this. Every time we think we have a streak going, every time you think there's a pattern, we're going to ask each other, can they dial it up? So Seahawks coming in, reeling at the Cowboys. I'm going to ask you. Got to remember this, Scott. Do you think the Seahawks can dial one up here? Yeah. And the answer was yes. I, you know, and the and the, the class that the Seahawks just showed up here, and that's really what it came down to. I mean, like said, 93 yards for Wilson, 29 rushing. He does get the two touchdowns. So if you played him, I guess the two TD to save you, but. Mike Davis, 15 for 25. Remember, it's Mike Davis. I've been telling you that for weeks now. It's still Mike Davis. Uh, receivers, really nothing. Doug Baldwin gets a touchdown, but, I mean, he had 35 yards. So off. Disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah, Doug Baldwin had Not a good. very disappointing. I know you're a big Doug Baldwin guy. Uh, disappointing season for him. We break that down. Jimmy Graham got a touchdown, one catch. Jimmy Graham is just terrible. I mean, I know he's so, red zone, terrible. so red zone dependent, but, man, he is just terrible. 
Uh, Dak Prescott, 182, two interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott came back. So for the people that held on to him for six weeks, you got 97 yards. You didn't get a touchdown. So it really was not worth the wait and the holding. You got your four catches for 21, but not what you were expecting. And uh, Des Bryant, you stink. And you come out and say, oh, you terrible. come out and say oh, today, you're not going to take a pay cut next year if asked because you're still good and it's indicative of the scheme. No, my friend, you stink. You had 44 yards receiving, you had a long of 33, which means you had 11 on your other two catches. You pump your fist after you make one good catch a game. It's insane what you have to watch. I, I know they don't have any other weapons to use, but Des Bryant, you are yeah. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second here with Des Bryant. Let me tell you something, Des, because I had you pegged back in August. And by the way, Scott, I sent that article in to the Fancy Sports Writers Association Awards. I think I got a shot for article of the year there because I nailed Des Bryant up and down. You ran a 4.57 at the combine. That was your 40-yard dash time back when you were 21 years old. You're now 29 years old. You are slow. You have no agility whatsoever. You're in the 12th percentile as per player profiler. You are a jump ball specialist. You can't separate from receivers. It has nothing to do with Dak Prescott. It has everything to do with you. I don't care who's throwing the ball. You are useless. You should stay on the sidelines until the team is at the 10-yard line, and then you come in. You're nothing but minute ball. You're a jump minute ball. You're a jump ball specialist. That's all you are. I'm done with Des Bryant. I nailed you. I nailed you from the beginning, and you are who we say they are. Thank you, Dennis Green. You are. Kudos to you. You had Des Bryant peg from Jump Street, and that's that's... What he is, he jump street. That's all he does. Good, good parallel. <laughs> well done there. How about the over unders in this one? We'll be looking at. You got it. Cowboys, of course, very disappointing. People love the Cowboys early on. It was nine and a half, so they're way under. Seattle, of course, ten and a half. They're also going to be under. So both Seattle and the Cowboys don't make it at all. How about this fantasy thriller? I'm going to give you. I got the defense bag. Cardinals twenty three. The Giants zero. Cardinals win this game. Giants don't show up. And the Cardinal defense, a week-to-week streaming play I took up this week, is the reason why I'm a Yahoo Fantasy champion. Yes, excellent call with the Cardinals. Well done. Those defensive plays can be very much underrated. Here's what the Giants wanted to say about Eli Manning but couldn't say it. They wanted to say this. We know our offensive line is terrible. It's not going to be much better anytime soon. So basically, we need a quarterback who can run. That's what we have to do. Here's the problem, Scott. You're not going to bench Eli Manning with four games left because you're not going anywhere unless you're going to play the kid. They didn't play the kid. They played Geno Smith. That was the mistake. It's obvious Eli can't function in this offense. He can still throw the ball, but they can't protect him well enough to have him throw the ball worth anything. Wayne Gallman, 18 yards. Cardinal defense is tough to run against. Your leading receiver is Red Ellison. I have nothing to say. Look who's, look who's on the stat sheet, though. Paul Perkins. Uh, so, oh, what was Paul we, Perkins' ADP this year, my friend? Yeah, I, oh. How many tweets did I send out, Paul Perkins, LOL? I mean, I, I just can't take it. Insane. Passing Drew Stanton. I really could have used Blaine Gabbard in this game, but they went with Drew Stanton. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. S. Kerman Williams, 51 yards rushing. Larry Fitzgerald, death taxes, and Larry Fitzgerald, nine receptions, 119 yards, a touchdown. I think he's coming back next year. And John Brown is back. Scott, also one of the biggest busts I was doing the column before. John Brown did not perform this year that well. They did catch a touchdown pass here. So Cardinals, 23, Giants, 0. As for the over-unders, do you even have to ask about the Giants? Listen, the Giants you, over-under was 9. Were question you saying they were going 5-11. and 11. You, you beyond yeah. that one, 2-13, and 2-14. Yeah, that, they're the worst ones. Not an Over-under for them, the Giants, was 9. Arizona also, of course, with the injuries, things went south 8.5, so they're under as well. And the last game we got here in the NFC, 
Eagles, Raiders, got this pick wrong, couldn't believe it, figured that the Raiders would have trouble getting motivated, and they were running the ball in the Eagles' defense, which I never thought was going to happen. Just another bizarre game. Eagles 19, Raiders 10, but thank you for that last fumble because that got me the Monday night coffee title. <laughs> and it surely did, and uh, I think both you and I were asleep when that happened. So, well, I found out about that a day and a half later. Uh, Derek Carr, um, disappointment all season long, so I guess he'll be one of our all-season topics. Marshawn Lynch at 95 yards. You know I'm not a Marshawn Lynch guy, and I don't think he'll be back next year for with this team, but we'll see how that goes. I think you can work with a Jalen Rashard. You can work with a DeAndre Washington and maybe get yourself something there, but I think I think a Rashard and a Washington combo could be useful. You know, get some young youth legs at that Raider offensive line. Um, how about Amari Cooper? Um, three for 66 and a touchdown and had a touchdown called back on a penalty. So Amari Cooper rose from the dead. Michael Crabtree, uh, I know this one's going to stick with you for a little while. Uh, three targets, uh, nada to show for it. So Michael Crabtree, I think, wins the award as the biggest Bizarre. biggest Week 16 fantasy championship oh, of the I, year. I, and could have, you, could have never even And you that. crushed me for trading him for McCaffrey about a seven weeks ago. And it's a good thing I did because... <laughs> I would have been staring at that goose egg this week as well. Uh, but that, yeah, but that, but that, no, but you can't, that's ex post facto analysis. You can't go with that. First of all, Crabtree was doing very well up until this game. He's throwing haymakers left and right and punching out a keep to leave. And, and Christian McCaffrey was not very good until the last few weeks. So that's one of those, you know, two, three offsuit came in against Aces. You're right. It worked out. But it, it, it worked, I, I mean, it like, you know, it it's not like Crabtree wasn't really producing. Not that I could, you know, was predicting that to happen, but so be it. It worked out for me. Uh, Nick Falls, after throwing touchdowns all over the place in the Meadowlands, gives 163 and a touchdown and had Eagle fans uh, on Twitter going nuts saying, we can't win with Nick Falls. You know, last week, oh, they were fine. Nick Falls, he's good. We're going to the Super Bowl this week. Oh, God, how are we going to do this with Nick Falls? You know, gifts all over the place. It's just you know, insane. Week-to-week reactions is unbelievable in the NFL. JHI, 14 for 52, another guy that's going to stick with you for a little while, I know. And you know, he got the lion's share of the carries is what we were looking for. Should be good next year. They should cut Blunt. He should be good next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm sure they will cut Blunt. I, I, I think Corey Clement's a, a good enough number two guy you can work with. And you got other Sproles is supposed to come back. the Smallwoods there. You got 8,000 running backs there. So uh, death taxes, Zach Ertz, 9 for 81. Um, what's he finish as a tight end, too? I guess Gronk maybe still finishes the tight end one this year. You probably have that in front of you. I don't at the moment. He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. So points per game. He goes. And then Nelson Aguilar, 4 for 34. Alshon Jeffrey. How about this? If I told you week 16 that Michael Crabtree and Alshon Jeffrey would have a combined zero catches for zero yards on five targets, Crazy. what would you have told me? Cause Crazy. Never thought that. Neither. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was cold. You can't pass the ball. I didn't know that was even going to exist. Uh, Scott, over-unders really quick. Raiders were 10, were 10 their way under. And the Eagles, of course, crushed theirs. It was only eight, and they're rolling at 13-2. and two. And the NFC playoffs go through Philly this year. Let's do it. AFC home games. Third quarter, my friend. AFC home games as we break this down here for the one last time this season. Colts travel to Baltimore and what was a actual pretty entertaining game on Saturday afternoon. I think many expected this to be a blowout, but Colts hung in there all throughout the game. Ravens 23, Colts 16, and I tweeted this out during that game. I have tons of respect for Frank Gore, who just continues to play because he loves Amazing. football. Amazing. And he's and his thing, I hate, you know me with the Hall of Fame. People turn into the Hall of Good. I love Frank Gore. He's not a Hall of Famer in my book, but he's a great player, longevity, good for him. But he's going to get in. He's definitely going to get in because they put everybody in now who just hangs around for a while. But Frank Gore, good for him, fantastic job. Would you believe, Scott, that the Colts, the Colts over under this year was nine? 
right? So, of course, the Colts don't make it. Colts only have three wins. So that's way under. But that's a fascinating one. We should have bet that. Andrew Luck, you know, the whole tweet that came out, man, about he's not going to be there. If you knew Luck wasn't there, that's an easy one. Yeah, three and 12. Especially when it was Scott Tolzien before they made the trade for Jacoby Brissett. Ravens, of course, nine and six. They actually got over. Their over under was eight. As for this game, not much to talk about. You mentioned Frank Gore. T.Y. Hilton actually scored, had 100 yards in a dome, which is uh, not in a dome, which is amazing. Alex Collins, you know, I was doing the review, man. That whole running back thing was nuts. Terrence West, Javorius Allen, Danny Woodhead. Then they trade for Alex Collins first week in September. He ended up with 51 yards. Flacco looks finally healthy after the preseason back injury and the Kiko Alonso hit. He had two touchdown passes. Wallace was okay. Michael Campanaro, a sleeper next year. Uh, Michael Campanaro caught a touchdown there early on. And Max Williams caught a touchdown, which makes me feel a little bit better about my Ben Watson sitting. So Ravens 23, Colts 16. Not much else to say about this game, but uh, Saturday night, you know, Ravens going to be frisky, Scott. You don't want to play the Ravens. No. You're the Steelers, you know, right? You know, gonna, I mean, I mean, this is probably not because you, know, you beat them twice and it's tough to beat the same three, three, three times in a season. But I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm just saying, like, that's a war you, you know don't want to fight like right this, now. This game here, I mean, I think this game this week's got to gotta have a little bit of compelling nature, right? The Bengals have a chance to be the reason the Ravens don't get in. You know, they showed up, beat the Lions last week when I left them for dead. You know, that, that game's got a little bit of interest. But if you're the, if the Ravens get in and get the six, can they go into Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars? Probably not. You know, I would have loved to see the, the, the Steelers win that game. And the, gosh, they did everything they could against the Patriots. Because I would have liked to see the, the although the, the, um, the Jaguars would have lost to the Niners, so it wouldn't have mattered. But it would have been nice drama to see the Patriots have to go to Jacksonville and then go to Pittsburgh. But that's not going to happen. Nothing we could do about that. Next game on the AFC list here, the... Lions and the Bengals. Bengals 26, Lions 17. Continuing, Scott, your inability to handicap anybody in the AFC North. <laughs> you just do not have a good read on those. You think the Bengals not stick, true the Ravens stick, the Browns stick. You take the Lions. You like did the I, Lions going to Cincinnati. I, did, Cincinnati's done. All of a sudden, Giovanni Bernard's running all over the place. That's where your recency bias kicks in. Because if I remember correctly, you were touting me for telling you the Bengals were going to get blitzed in Minnesota the week before. So, it happens. I got this one wrong. You I, are not. You cannot hit everybody. I, I want to see you come out and pick the Bengals and the Ravens one week. I'm just waiting I've for it. Done, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to hear I've about it. I've done it this year. Listen, the Lions is something to play for. I thought the Lions would show up for a game where you got to win to make so Week 17 soft. meaningful so for a playoff soft. game in what was a wide-open NFC until every team faltered when the pressure was on. The Bengals showed up. Joe Mixon was you know at – 40 yards combined in the first six minutes, and then he got hurt, and we didn't see him again. Matthew Stafford, 203 in a touchdown, really ends the season on a sour note from a fantasy standpoint. Touchdown on the pick. The running back situation is just a disaster. That Teon Green gets leads away. Abdullah Riddick just toss them all aside. You can't do anything with the Detroit running backs. Eric Ebron, how about that? I guarantee you Eric Ebron made a late-season push for that top seven, top eight tight end spot. Five for 83 in a touchdown, so maybe Ebron finally – Start to realize his potential next year for the Lions. Golden Tate, massive disappointment, 3 for 14 in a championship game. And Marvin Jones, 3 for 50. I've marked that as a disappointment as well. Nothing else of merit to talk about from the Detroit side. Andy Dalton, 238 in a touchdown at pick. Was not starting for anybody's fantasy championship team. DFS-wise, maybe Giovanni Bernard got some action. I don't know, 23 for 116. I think once Mixon was playing, everybody jumped ship on Bernard. Uh, he was very good, uh, 116 on, on the ground, 52 in the air on seven catches and the touchdown. A.J. Green, but A.J. Green in the 
disappointment category this year. Um, six. He was all right. He ended up a wide receiver twelve. Yeah, I mean, he's, sim- he's similar to, to you know, he's one of those situations where you you want to criticize a man, but he still ended up as a wide receiver. Yeah. So six for eighty-one for Green. I, yeah, I would expect it a little more, but he gets still wide receiver twelve. And really, that's it. Um, yeah, Tyler Croft non-existent. Joe Mixon got hurt. No one's caring about Tyler Boyd. Uh, Brian Hill, no thank you. So this game, not much from a fantasy standpoint. Bengals 26, Lions 17. Bengals six wins. I'm sure they're on the under bracket. Lions yeah. might have been flirting with it right there. Eight and a half was the over-under for the Bengals. Remember, they had that easy schedule. Warren Sharp did it in his preview, which I love every year. 2017 football preview, Warren Sharp, he said they had the easiest schedule by far. They still couldn't put it together, so they ended up going under. And then the Lions ended up being right at eight. They have eight wins right now, so they're playing this week for people who have them on the over. Yep, and the Marvin Lewis era finally comes to an end in Cincinnati. It's a ton of coaching changes. Huh? Yeah, it'll be a lot, like a lot of action. We'll probably do a pod on that. I think the over Scott. I think the real Vegas over under this is legit. Is nine and a half? I think coaching changes. Yeah, so eight and a half, nine and a half, something like that. Yeah. Now listen, it could be an interesting pod because how coaching changes will affect fantasy players and schemes and whatnot. So you know, I mean, I can look at that one down the road. Uh, we switch it over. Next game, Rams at the Titans. Uh, Jared Goff on the road. Uh, apparently, not a problem. Yeah, he did a nice job here. 301 yards, four touchdowns. It's amazing what difference a coach makes. You see Jeff Fisher bragging about acquiring these players. Yes, you did acquire these players, but you had Todd Gurley last year, Jeff, and you had Jared Goff, and they weren't doing this, either one of them. So amazing job here. Goff, four touchdown passes. Gurley was an absolute machine. 118 yards, 158 receiving yards, 10 receptions, two touchdowns. I read somewhere this was the best Scott performance by a fantasy running back in the history of fantasy football. Uh, the best fantasy playoff, fantasy playoff performance these three weeks that he did, 14, 15, and 16, I don't think anyone's even come close. Even LaDainian Thompson when he has 23 touchdowns. This this stretch was incredible, outstanding. And he Cooper gave us your welcome on Twitter, so he knew about it as fantasy owners yeah, as well. Yeah, I liked it. It was very nice. Yeah, Cooper Cup, four, four, four receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods didn't have this game, three for 33. And Sammy Watkins continued his only low yardage, 30 yards, but still caught a touchdown. As for the Titans, it's fascinating to see what they're going to do this week against Jacksonville. They need the game. They're 8-7. and seven. Mariota is still horrific. Another one of the massive disappointments. I just don't get that. Remember that stat coming into the year, man, where he was like 33-0? and 0, 33 touchdowns, like no interceptions in the red zone? Remember that? I do. It seems like decades ago. DeMarco Murray scored just to give me the finger. Looks like Derrick Henry's going to be running this week because uh, Murray's a little banged up. Corey Davis showed up 6-91. for 91. Rashard Matthews, not a good game. Did get 48 yards late. And Eric Decker, 6-73, for 73, one of his best games of the year. Delaney Walker, three for 33. I wonder if Delaney Walker is going to be back or they're going to go to John o. Smith. That's also something I, I wonder about. Over-unders, the Rams don't even ask, folks. The Rams were five and a half. They blasted over it. Tennessee, keeping it right there. They were one of my favorites to go over. They have eight and a half. And sure enough, coming in now, they have eight wins on the season. So they're going to have to win this week against Jacksonville at home to get that over-under number. Crazy game. Tennessee, Rams. Rams with a nice one on the road. Moving over to the next one, we got the Dolphins and Kansas City. Big fantasy implications here, I think, for you, partner, right? Chiefs 29, Dolphins 13, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. What do you got? Yeah, I had both running backs um, in the in the 
across the across the board in my leagues. Kenyon Drake definitely the disappointment of the week for me. If Kenyon Drake shows up a little bit, I'm probably a three uh, time champ this year instead of only be a two time champ, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, 57 yards for Drake. Jay Cutler. Did he outscore McKinnon? I was wondering. He uh, outscored McKinnon by a tenth of a point. Yeah. Uh, 5.7, 5.6. Um, you know, if I really got frisky and, you know, put uh, Keelan Cole in the flex spot, then we're not even talking about this. But it is what it is. I had to ride these running backs. Drake was hot. They were, they were all hot. So, so be it. Drake, 13 for 57. Uh, only gets that, uh, you know, 5.7. Jay Cutler, 286 in the touchdown. Nobody played Jay Cutler this week. Uh, the the wide receiver is also a disappointment. Devontae Parker is a disappointment all year long. Just 5 for 63, probably one of his better stat lines of the year, but it's very disappointing. Jarvis Landry, 5 for 51. You want more from Jarvis Landry. It's a chief secondary. It's been terrible all year. I know it's on the road, but you're still looking for more there. Uh, Jakeem Grant gets a touchdown in, the buck, in 107, but he was not uh, uh, anybody's on anybody's radar. And I see A.J. Darby was in Miami. I could have sworn he was in Denver earlier this year, so I guess that move my flew, flew under the radar. So A.J. Darby in Miami gets a catch. Alex Smith... Um, I believe finished as a, in standard leagues as the sixth overall fantasy producer this year. Uh, he, he may be better than that, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a in my brother's league. Uh, I, I criticized one of my fr- uh, one of his friends for drafting Alex Smith uh, as his quarterback early in the year. So I had some pro in that. He's been throwing uh, uh, images at me all year long and then made sure I got this one this week where I saw Alex Smith was sixth in standard leagues in fantasy production. So good on Alex Smith. 304 and a touchdown. Uh, we won't see him this week. We get to see the aforementioned Pat Mahomes. Kareem Hunt. Keeps his hot streak going down the stretch here. 29 carries. Only averaged 3.1 a carry. It's 91 of the touchdown. Gives you four catches for 15, but solid numbers in fantasy championship week. Tyree Kill at home, 6 for 109. So a good effort from him. Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown on 4 for 47, and the rest are irrelevant. The Chiefs at 9 at 6. The Dolphins at 6 and 9. Safe to say here that the Chiefs might be right at the number, maybe. And the Dolphins. You got a part. I guess the Dolphins are right under the number. You got it, partner. Chiefs are right at nine. They got to win this week in order to go over. Dolphins were seven and a half, so they're under that loss. Put them uh, uh, totally under. Bills, Patriots. This game was close for three quarters and then got out of hand. Uh, the Patriots uh, put away any doubt of possibly losing a uh, game to the Bills or the Jets here uh, with a big win 37 16 in Foxborough. Again, they put up uh, 37 points, but Tom Brady not at his absolute best. But from fantasy-wise, Deion Lewis with a monster game. Deion Lewis was great. And it's amazing Gilly's in there. Now he got hurt. They have the same narrative. They have the goal line back. The question is, who is the goal line back going to be? It would have been Rex Burkhead, but he got hurt. But Deion Lewis certainly has shown he's a little bit more durable than people realize. 129 rushing yards. 24 receiving yards, had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Great game for Deion Lewis. He could be a champion. I was all, if you all had. over him in DFS last week. All over him. Yeah, he was great. He was fantastic. Brandon Cooks does what Brandon Cooks does. And listen, I realize that wide receivers by their nature are very volatile. Players like Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, they're going to be very volatile. I just think that Cooks is more volatile than most of them. He is not a tall guy. He's not going to get the jump balls in the end zone. Rob Gronkowski is always going to be the first choice there when you get to the goal line. So it just seems to be a guy that I just have no interest in. I understand he did very well for people. Scott, I think you had him. Some weeks he had monster, monster weeks. But I need when I plan my weeks out and I plan my points, I can't just put Cooks in there and go, oh, maybe I'll have 102 touchdowns, maybe I'll have 20 yeah, I think I, Those are guys I just have no interest in. I don't want Outside them. of Gronk and a healthy 
healthy Edelman. I think anybody else in this offense is just going to be hit or miss. I think Cook's in a different system like he was in New Orleans or somewhere else might be a little better production. But in New England where you never know who's going to produce or who's getting the targets, I think that hurts him a lot too. McCoy on yardage alone had 147 yards total, which meant he was solid. Charles Clay was disappointing. You knew the Patriots were going to shut him down. He was the number one receiving option. Calvin Benjamin had one pass, and that was pretty much it. He had as well as he could when he's getting sacked six times. He ran for 16 yards at 281 yards, no touchdown passes, no interceptions. For the over-under, really interesting here because the Patriots are 12 and a half, Scott. So the Patriots are 12 and a half. Right now they have 12 wins. They got to win this week against the Jets, which they probably will to get that over. It's amazing how they get there no matter what. Thank you, and Al Riveron. Thank you, what? Al Riveron. <laughs> Who's that? The head of officiating that overturned the call. Huh? Sorry, he just edited it out. Uh, oh, is that what? I yeah. know. All right, no uh, And the Bills were six. No matter what Sean McDermott tried to do, the Bills were six, so they got over. Big win for the Patriots. They ended up covered for me as well. Late 37-16. Got two games left here, partner, in the AFC. First one is going to be the Jets and the Chargers. Chargers 14, Jets 7. They go into into New Jersey. They win the game there. Phillip Rivers was solid. Antonio Gates is alive. Talk to me. Yeah, Hunter Henry gets hurt, so Antonio Gates comes back to life. Keaton Allen, a disappointment here um, in Fantasy Week 5 for 63. Uh, Phillip Rivers goes nearly 300 yards, but Chargers only put up 14 points. And Melvin Gordon breaks that four-yard per carry mark. Good for you, Melvin Gordon. It only took you 16 weeks to get 4.3 <laughs> a carry, 81 yards and a touchdown, three catches for 47. But he's banged up this week, so we got to watch that if you're playing in Week 17. Um, you know, like I said, Rivers 290, a good effort. Uh, just enough to help me get over the hump in Yahoo and anybody else who had him. Tyrell Williams, 5 for 50. Travis Benjamin, monstrous disappointment there. He gets zero catches and negative four rushing yards. So, you know, doesn't even get the goose egg. Gets less than a zero. Bryce Petty, no thank you. Bilal Powell, how about that? 19 for 145 and a touchdown. He had a long of 57. So if you Bilal Powell owners stayed loyal and you wrote him out, you got rewarded in week 16. Matt Forte, 8 for 19, no good. Robbie Anderson, 5 for 51. You know, Robbie Anderson's a legit wide receiver. I think Robbie Anderson has a chance with a quarterback that can throw him the ball, even with Josh McCown next year, if that's the case. Top chance to crack that top 12 again next year. Very solid play as Robbie Anderson. Jermaine Curse, not too bad, but 5 for 42 didn't help you this week. And Austin Safarian Jenkins, all in all, put together a pretty solid season, which is not this week, 4 for 21. Uh, pretty much tidy 14 7 Charger win on the road. They keep their slim playoff hopes alive. And, um,. That's where we're at. Five wins for the Jets. I'm pretty sure they went over. And the Chargers at eight wins might be at that number again. I don't know. Both are already over by a half. Chargers were seven and a half. They're at eight. They're over. Jets were four and a half. They're five. They are over as well. Well, for the final time, we can talk about the Steelers at the Texans. Christmas Day, Pittsburgh 34, Houston 6. Great game for the Steelers. If they didn't have the Patriots, it's reminiscent, Scott, of the Knicks to me. Although you did win two titles, so I think it makes a difference. Man, if they didn't have the Patriots in their division, I mean, this was a great game with no Ryan Chazier. They're still on the road. I know it's Houston. I know it's TJ Yates, and then it was Tyler Taylor Henke. I get that. Doesn't matter. This was a this was basically a shutout until the very end because DeAndre Hopkins always catches a touchdown no matter how bad the quarterback yeah, is. DeAndre Hopkins is God. Uh, basically, uh, Alfred Blue goes for 108 yards. Lamar Miller only 55. Lamar Miller's terrible. He's going to end up too, man, as an RB12. I did the numbers. It's just unbelievable. He's terrible. RB12, RB13, whatever it is. And Lincoln Standard, he's an RB12. It's ridiculous. Uh, 
Juju Smith-Schuster didn't do much the whole game, but then all of a sudden got going with that big 49-yard pass and then the touchdown for you, which you're very happy to see. Bryant was doing decently as well, three for 60. So other guys getting involved here, which is important until Antonio Brown comes back. Le'Veon Bell, Houston still tough on defense, but he did get that touchdown in there, which was big. He had five catches for 28 as well. Uh, Roethlisberger, great game for him on the road. Usually a tough place. No interceptions, though, for him. 226 yards and two touchdowns. So 34-6, Steelers roll over the Texans. Steelers, you can imagine, on their over-under number from the beginning of the year, way over. It was 10.5. They already have 12 wins. Houston, a little more interesting, but still nothing great nonetheless. They were 8.5. Eight and a half, and the Texans only managed four wins. So you thought that would have been a decent play for them. You look at that division, no Andrew Luck. The Jaguars weren't thought to be this good. And the Titans, we thought it was the Texans and the Titans. It ended up being the Jaguars going ahead, the Titans barely holding on, and the Texans being terrible. Yep, and now you have rumors surrounding Bill O'Brien's job in Houston. So, you know, a lot lot going on there. But uh, that's where we're at. And uh, how about we bring it home? Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. All right, Scott, so the picks, the update for the fans. I am 33-29-2, that Eagles touchdown. By the way, can you kick the extra point, guys, please? <laughs> uh, that caused me, caused me to push. 33-29-2, you were 31-32-1. So basically, you need a three-game difference because I have that extra tie, which means I have one less loss. So either you got to go 4-0 and and I got to go 1-3 and or worse. Or you got to go three and one, and I got to go zero and four. So a little drama. Never know what can happen. Week seventeen is bizarre this week. Yeah, never know what's going to happen. First goal is to get over five hundred. Second goal is to get the uh, miracle comeback to beat you and take the picks title in our inaugural season here. Uh, picks very difficult this week with you know not knowing who's playing, who's not playing, who is playing, and so forth. So I will go right to the AFC North, my friend, and I will pick one of those teams you told me I never pick. And that would be, I will take the Bengals plus 10 in Baltimore. I think the Bengals will try to upset the Ravens in this game, try to play spoiler, keep this game semi-tight in their last game under Marvin Lewis. And I think 10 points is a lot for Raven offense that, you know, for the most part, this year has been mediocre. So give me Cincinnati on the road plus 10. First one is very easy, partner. Jimmy G is a thing. It's a thing. The Rams have nothing to play for. This game is staying in the same state. I bet you'll have Niner fans that will travel. They believe in Jimmy G. They want five in a row. All I got to give is one. Love the Niners as a road favorite against the Rams. Minus one. Yeah, had that marked down, so we'll skip that one. Second one, I'm going on the premise that the Bills do not want to make the playoffs. So Miami is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I'm taking the Dolphins getting two and a half at home against the Bills because I don't think Buffalo wants in, and I think Buffalo will wind up losing this game. So give me Miami plus two and a half. Yeah, that is a line that makes no sense. That's got to be one of those weird ones. I feel like they know something there. It just makes no – I understand the Bills, you know, they need some help. So I don't think they just win to get in. I think they need some help. But that is an odd line. Very bizarre. It is. It is. I'll take my chances when Tom Brady and – Bill Belichick have something to play for, and they do, partner, because they need to win this game to have home field advantage, which is what they want. Here come the Jets. Dear Lord, Bryce Petty. I know it's 15 and a half. It's a big line. I will give those points gladly. Belichick and Brady need to win the game at home against the Jets. Give the points. Yeah, I had that marked down as well, so we're going to have to go elsewhere here. Um, I will go with pick number three, 
Give me the Bears plus 11.5 on the road in Minnesota. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I know the Vikings still have that two-seed to play for, but Case Keenum is Case Keenum. He's kind of come down to earth a little bit, um, and I just think the Bear defense is good enough to maybe keep them in this game in the NFC North battle. I think 11.5 points is a lot, so again, I'm trying to zig when others are going to zag, as you would say, as I try to get a pick title here, so i got to go with the games that I may not necessarily have picked, but I will take the Bears plus 11.5. Oh, very well done. That was a good pick because now you just you gave me a softball. There is no way that the Bears are keeping this game close. Minnesota needs this game. There's no Nick Foles. There's no Carson Wentz now. They smell blood. Don't forget the Super Bowl is in Minnesota this year. Don't forget that. Mog game, 30-6. to Minnesota minus 12 is pick three. Head-to-head. Well, this is good because I need head-to-head games. So you know what? It's either I should go head-to-head with you and take a shot. Or go somewhere else. I just don't know if I can justify taking the Jets. So I'm going to lay off that. And they can't take the Rams with the nobody playing. So pick number four. Let's go with the Seattle Seahawks at home lane. Nine and a half to Arizona. And a game that they have to win to have a shot for the playoffs. Nice run by Arizona. Seattle has not been good at home. But Drew Stanton's not going to go in there week 17. I, this, the Seahawks, they're classy enough to where they know they got to do their work, and hopefully the game means something for them at this time. Seattle minus 9.5 at home versus Arizona. To wrap up my pick title on the Picking Up the Blitz podcast, he's not going to be there next year. He put a tweet out, or the reporter put a tweet out, that he said it's going to be our time that we're going to part ways. The Colts love Chuck Pagano. He beat cancer, went through the whole thing, That's real. Houston's terrible. They looked awful. They're not playing inspired. The Colts are going to want to send Pagano out with a win. They will play inspired football at home. Colts minus three and a half against the Texans. It's a good one there, too. I looked at that one as well. Um, But listen, got to try and pick, get some picks here to beat you in this title. I want to get at least 500, make sure that happens, and then we take it from there. Uh, But it's been a uh, ton of fun doing this uh, in our first inaugural season, and hopefully I can Surprise people and get a pick title late. It's it's a blast, partner. This has been great. It's our first year, folks, in our inaugural season. Please go to iTunes, picking up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We love five star ratings. They help us tremendously. You can follow us on Twitter at PUT Blitz, myself at Randall Rant, Scott at SCOT557, also on Facebook at Well, picking up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are going to go through the offseason. We'll take a little break here for a couple weeks, watch the playoffs go on, and then we'll be back. We will give you NFL draft preview stuff. We will have some great guests on, people talking about what they're looking at, what teams are looking at as well. We are going to go through the year. So we'll be back in a couple weeks for you, see how it goes. Follow us on Twitter and on the website. Randall Rant will tell you who wins the picks, partner. It's been fun. Absolutely. And for you DFS players, I'll still be there giving some DFS lineups. I'll put some out. We'll get some on the website. Tweet out some picks because even though the season ends, DFS will go all the way through up until the Super Bowl. So you can get action if you're looking for it. We'll try to get you some some winners. Uh, I believe there's one more million this week in uh, DraftKings, but I think it's going to cost you $80 to get in. So if you're going to go for that, good luck. Um, if not, we'll put out some picks for you. But uh, been tons of fun. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to getting the offseason rolling. And uh, before you know it, we'll be mock drafting it up and uh, taking questions and answers on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have our articles going up until last word on sports as well. And we'll come back well, in a couple of weeks. We'll do a, a review show. We'll go through each team, each each area, bus, hits, miss, all the great stuff. We could talk about my Jay Cutler pick, Scott, which was probably one of the biggest, most horrific picks of the entire year. We'll have some good ones. Yes, we will. A lot of, a lot, 
a lot of look backs, good picks, bad picks, bust, everything like that. We all had them. We all have some things to be proud of and some things we want to push under the rug. And we'll get into all of that when we come back in a few weeks. Inaugural season partner, four titles, not too shabby, huh? Pretty solid. Let's make it six next year. All right. We'll see you, folks. <laughs> 